0: Star Tribune's Prep Sports Podcast is brought to you by Becker Furniture World, Friends and Bank and Trust, Menards, and Carrier.
1: And welcome back to the Star Tribune's Talking Preps Podcast. I'm David LeVake. Say hi, Jim, to the people, Jim Paulson. Hello. <laughs> We're here today, still virtual, but what's different about today is we get to talk about games that are right around the corner. That's a beautiful thing.
0: Yes. You know, no slight meant to tennis and soccer and, and cross country and swimming. Those sports have been going strong and I've been paying uh, attention to them with my athletes of the week every week, but you now football and volleyball are back. And, you know, they are the big dogs in the fall. They you know, um, have, you so many more kids. I mean, combined, I think we're talking about forty thousand kids, roughly, are back playing sports and competing in games this week. So, yeah, it's it's high school sports uh, in full swing again, and that's good to good to be able to say.
1: This will not come as a shock to Jim Paulson or our editor Paul Clouda, who produces these podcasts. But I need to wrote a book. Track, Is that right? track, What's that? Nothing. No, nothing. Just. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, Your cunning wit uh, is, is harder to track in a virtual call. There's, there's just, it's just enough delay that I, I end up missing some of it. So just store that for when we finally get back together. Um, but no, I, it won't come as any surprise to you or to Paul Cloud, but I got to start off with the mea culplex. I put my foot in my mouth. Last week, I, I kind of publicly shamed Paul for suggesting that there was going to be football on saturday i said no no there's the accletonization blah 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 well per usual paul's right i'm wrong we did start football on saturday we had four games uh we have another one uh later as we record this on on wednesday this will be on on thursday there's another one but friday is when the season starts in earnest
0: yeah you know there's still a lot of questions to be to be answered most of them from our side of things in other words How are we going to be able to cover some of these games? They've put down a uh, a laundry list of media requirements, some of which make sense, some of which, I'm sorry, high school league is wishful thinking and really isn't going to happen. Um, That that we're going to have to try to abide by most uh, um, problematic. I think for us will be not being able to access press boxes at this point. Um, That may change as we go down the season. But uh, that'll make it difficult to uh, cover uh, cover games, particularly if we're sitting outside in inclement weather with laptops and, and trying to cover games as games go. So, uh, yeah, that, that will – not that anybody will have any sympathy for those of us in me, but it, just so you know that it won't be easy for us either.
1: Well, I think you are in a unique position of leadership here, Jim, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, make sure that we can all benefit from your experience because you go back far enough where this was, uh, other than the press box thing, the idea of covering a game and then having to go to great lengths to get a story written and published. Walk us through, I don't know how far we gotta go back. Are we talking mid nineties or even before? What was it like back then? What are we headed for now for those of us that have come into the picture in a more advanced technological age? Well, you know, Back in the days when
0: we used to take out our stone tablets and we'd chisel out game reports. Uh, (laughs) Me and my buddy Joe Rockhead uh, (laughs) were covering games. It wasn't that much different. We'd sit in the press box. I'd I'd sit in the press box. uh, Or if you wanted to, you could roam the sidelines. We had people that would do that, roam the sidelines. I like to sit in the press box so I could chart plays and then go down and get interviews, oftentimes on a handheld tape recorder or you know, jot them down by hand and then race back to the office to try to get something in, in time by a, 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 an early deadline. Um, and that's basically, basically how it worked. Now you have, you know, electronics at your disposal, fingertips, you've got access to stats and a lot more things and you can file game stories and running uh, scoring and things like that as you're going. But yeah, it's just, just a little more, um, um, old school than it used to be and you know i did it before we'll figure out a way to make it work there'll be something on the star tribune website and in the in the paper um saturday morning and hopefully it won't look any different than what we've done in the past
1: you say you're old paul old. his uh, copy of the bible is autographed by the authors so <laughs> that's old Uh, let's uh let's get into some of the games that we're going to pick because this is a really good night for games uh friday night is is got some great things to kick off an unusual season uh rosemount lakeville north eden prairie at minnetonka titino grace at blaine uh is there you said you would already made your picks for the week what's what's what intel have you uh unearthed that's that's worth sharing in this format
0: I know that Rosemount and Lakeville North like to hit. They're both tough. They're both hard-nosed teams. They both are basically, in some ways, kind of copies of each other. Um, yeah. And they always play a tough game. Uh, this is one of those toss-up games. When you do a game like this, you look at the any one factor that one team has an advantage over the other. Um, and right now, I think I'm looking at Rosemount's um, defensive uh, uh, experience. They've got some real playmakers on that side of the uh, that side of the ball. Not that Lakeville North doesn't, because they they've been known for uh, defense as well. Both teams have uh, quarterbacks are still a little bit um, raw. Got to have a little time last year, but are big enough, big guys, and when uh, good throwers, and we'll have a chance to have good seasons. But with uh, Rosemont, players like like Jake Retzloff and Charlie Barnick and a defensive tackle like uh, Cameron Rother. Those three guys make up a a threesome that uh, it might be tough for um, Lakeville North to match up with. So I'm leaning a little bit towards uh, Rosemount in that side.
1: The game is at Lakeville North, but I, I have to mention Rosemount's one of my favorite settings for a game and they have turf now, which I think is awesome. It just made a good thing exponentially better so i'm looking about forward to getting time. down to the rosemount oh it's yeah they were playing on a bowl of oatmeal so i'm, I'm very excited that for rosemount uh even prairie minnetonka what, what stands out to me is is that this will be the first time in a long time whether you're talking about minnetonka or blaine that the great dave nelson is not part of the proceedings as coach yeah it's
0: uh, that's uh, makes it uh unique doesn't it and uh for minnetonka there's only one place to go but up <laughs> yeah that they were 0-9 <laughs> last year. Nobody would have ever predicted that. It's the last program, well, one of the last programs I would have that I thought had a season like that. So,
1: um, well, that, they're, and they're one, one in a the million. Goal. They're yeah. one in a million against Eden Prairie under Dave under Dave Nelson. I think he literally beat them once. Uh, so, you know, not only do they have to, uh, you know, avenge that season that they had, but, but they need to start gaining ground in this uh, matchup with Eden Prairie.
0: You know, the new coach, Mark Ash, he knows how to coach some football. I mean, he won a couple of state championships at, uh, at Mankato West. I think last year he was at Prior League as the offensive coordinator. So they got a good one, and he's going to get that program pointed in the right direction. I don't think the, the losing streak um, ends on Friday, though, because this Eden Prairie team is back. It's a veteran bunch. It really resembles Eden Prairie teams of the past, and there is absolutely no way Eden Prairie is going to lose three games this year, like they did last year. That was an anomaly. Of fact, I I wouldn't be surprised to see Eden Prairie not lose a game because they've got enough veteran talent back. Um, so it's, it'll be a, it'll be a trial by fire for Mark uh, Mark Eschen and Minnetonka tonight or on Friday night. But
1: it should still be fun the bit of scuttlebutt that I have picked up about Eden Prairie is they are returning a lot of familiar faces on defense and yep. that is going to be a, a really, really strong unit this season. Yeah. You know, and they've got, they've got the
0: horses on, uh, on the offensive line. They've got, uh, a Johnny Hartley back as a, as a running back. They've got, uh, um, Cade Kramer, the younger brother of Cole Kramer who's uh, a backup quarterback for the Gophers right now as one of the top wide receivers in the, in the, in the state, um, they're a pretty talented bunch and, and come out looking to prove something on Friday.
1: And Titino Grace and Blaine, another coaching uh, legend, is, is not part of that. Jeff Ferguson is, is no longer coaching at Titino Grace. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a tough program to track because, you know, we were all, you know, figuring that that was a team that was not punching at its com- uh, competitive weight for many years. They finally jumped up. They, they shut all of us up by winning a 6A title. But now, you know, the school doesn't have quite the enrollment it did at one time. Uh, you don't have Fergie. I'm wondering if, if Totino Grace, uh, what, what to expect from them this year and going forward? Going forward is a question
0: nobody can answer. This year, it's going to resemble a lot like the Totino Grace teams of years past. We've got a quarterback, a top notch quarterback, and Christoph Kulkowski. Um, a couple of uh, uh, good all-around athlete in Deeswin Cooper. I just love the name Deeswin. Notre Dame commit on the offensive line, Joe Alt. Uh, They've got uh, a big-time defensive backslash wide receiver, Nick Hand. Now, this is a team at uh, Tatino Grace that's going to resemble a lot like the teams of of years past. This will be another high-quality Tatino Grace uh, uh, football team. So, where they're going from here after this season, that's anybody's guess. But right now, it's going to resemble Totino Grace of old. And the coach, Jay Anderson, he's not a brand new guy. I mean, he's the new head coach. but He's been the offensive coordinator there for, I think, what, 18 years. So they know they're dealing with. He knows what he has. I think the
1: transition is going to be seamless. Okay, very good. Very good. Yeah. It's uh, and then you know, there's other games, you know, worth you know mentioning. I you know we had talked about maybe Champlain Park, who was the the Prep bowl uh runner up last year Class Six A. They played Centennial, I believe Prior Lake and Wyzetta. Wyzetta is a defending six day champs. So they hook up. So there, beyond those three that we're gonna pick, there's a lot of good places to catch a game on Friday. Oh,
0: absolutely. And you know, there's so many good teams coming up this year. I mean uh, one team that has been making noise uh, and started really doing it last year that I expect big things out of this year is Shakopee. Um, they happen to have uh, a future go for defensive lineman Devin Eastern, but they've got an offensive line with uh, and a quarterback who's been running their uh, their um, Veer offense, their option offense for I think in his third year now. Um, so Shakopee under Ray Batten, who's got a reputation as a program builder. I expect to see Shakopee being a very good team this year. I expect Woodbury under Andy Hill, who's got a nice program running there, to, uh, to take a step forward and be a, a pretty decent team this year, along with you know the same old um, uh, usual suspects, the St. Michael Albert Vills, the Rosemounts, uh, the Cretans, the Prior Lakes. You know, Edina has a new coach in Jason Potts and a Division I um, offensive lineman, Bastion Sweeney. Um, so they, and it's funny, Edina, they get the reputation of being kind of a, a cake eater land, but that's developed a real hard nose reputation over Edina. They play smash mouth football. Um, and that'll be another team like that this year. So, yeah, there's, it, it's, it'd be a real fun year to see what's happening in this shortened season. Um,
1: so I'm, yeah, i I was out of Minneapolis North yesterday. And, and one of the, you know, when you talk about Minneapolis North, they're, they're, they have the, uh, they have the uh, credentials to be a Class 2A state champion this year if, if that was on the table. Uh, unfortunately, it's not, But but they play a dynamite schedule, and they kind of talked about, you know, in absence of that championship opportunity, at least they get to spend each and every night of these six weeks uh, going against really quality competition. And, and every night is, is not like a prep bowl, but it's, but it's a special – every game's a special night because of the quality of their schedule. The best one that, that Coach Charles Adams says they've had yet. Well, you know, the thing about North is the schedule has always been kind of their bugaboo during the
0: regular season. They go out and they kind of walk through um, yeah. 1A opponents that aren't, don't have the uh, quality of talent that North has this is a talented North squad that I think could compete at a higher level and they could compete at the three a 3A or four a with the number of I guys. Agree. quarterback, Zach Yeager, uh, Terrence Kamara, the, uh, the running back. They've got a couple of defensive players in Devon Townley and, and Dominic McMillan that are both division one caliber and a transfer offensive lineman and Darnell McCray from um, Vanilla St. Margaret that's coming in and he's going to be a, a player to be reckoned with. And they've got a wild card in a, in a, An athlete in Rio Sanders, a guy that uh, knows how to make people miss and and can leave people flummoxed. There's so much talent on that North squad. It'll be fun to see them if we get a chance to see them. Remember, they play in the Minneapolis Conference, and Minneapolis is not allowing fans in
1: any of their games. So if we're going to see North, you're going to have to see them on the road. Well, and speaking of that, Saint Anthony, uh, their first opponent, uh, they're, they're technically the, the, they're the home team, but the game will be played at Northwestern University. Uh, Charles said that that uh, Saint Anthony was was gracious in that they they took some of their two hundred and fifty a lot of tickets, they took seventy five of those, and they gave them to North so that North could uh, have some road fans. And, I, and he said they didn't have to do that; they did it for us, and we appreciate it. And I, so, tip of the cap to Saint Anthony Village for. Given North uh, the opportunity to get some people out there and, and cheer on a special team,
0: and that's good. That's good. That that shows sportsmanship. And you know, uh, um, Troy Erdahl, the athletic director at St. Anthony, and Todd Nicholas, the football coach, are both two class guys, and they they understand what it's all about. So I'm not surprised if if uh, somebody would have said uh, what school is going to do that. I, I might pick St. Anthony as one of the first ones. I can I can understand that.
1: Yeah. The uh, well, I think we've emptied our football bag. We'll transition to volleyball because, hey, welcome back to that too. They they uh, they get started on Thursday. 134 games on Thursday, so we're back in a big way. And uh, you've been our I resident call them matches, expert. Dave. Don't we call What's them it? matches? See, that's what, see, that's what I mean. You're a resident expert. You've already corrected <laughs> the 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 uh, host here. So yes, the matches. Uh, get started thursday and and what, what's there to look forward to and and uh look ahead to as far as uh, the volleyball offerings here this year well you know I,
0: it sounds like a broken record but the, the, you know, always we talk volleyball in minnesota you have to talk egan I mean come on they've made seven straight class 3A championship match appearances seven now they've won three and lost four but those four losses have been to teams that have really been teams that peaked at that time that were set up for that, uh, uh, that one run in the championship. I think Chaskin, I think it was 2014, and, and then Lakeville North, and Champlin Park, and last year, YZ. But well, who's been the dominant, who's been the, the one constant factor? Egan. They continuously reload. They have a great feeder system there. Kathy Gillen is as good a coach as you'll find. And they're they're going to be back again. They've got the best player in the state in Kennedy Orr, who's headed to Nebraska. We thought we'd seen the last of her when they were going to have um, uh, volleyball move to the uh, spring because she was always planning on graduating early and was going to go down and get a jump start on her career at Nebraska. Now you get a chance to to see Kennedy Orr back and play volleyball. You may have to do it streaming because they may not let people in the gym, um, but. You know, she's back and playing. They've got a 6-6 six, six middle hitter in uh, Kendall Camp. They've got some really great dynamic hitter in Sienna Eiffel. And, and it's, it's just another team that's loaded for bear. And I, I think the class, if there was a class 3A championship game this year, and we know there won't be, I think it'd be Eagan versus who? And then the, that's the question. And there's a number of teams out. You could you could pick. pinpoint Northfield has a chance to be there. Lakeville South, Lakeville North, all three of those teams are in Section 1 in Class 3A, which is easily the best section in the state. You've got YZ who's got a, a lot of talent back from the state championship last year. So um, it, it'll be it'll be a good – Chaska is going to be good again. Chacopee is going to be good. Um, it's going to be a good volleyball season. But, again, here, as far as the large schools go, everything runs through Egan.
1: Yeah. And Egan, we talked about Thursday as the start of the season, but Egan actually opened up Friday. They uh, they welcomed Lakeville North to Egan High School. And you you touched on it a minute ago, but you know, and we've we've talked about it with football already. So football, if you can have fans at all, 250 is your limit. And and that uh, and volleyball, right now there are there are no fans uh, allowed indoors. Uh, but you know, we have a lawsuit out there that says, you know, I think we've shifted the, the conversation from let them play to let them watch. And uh, you, you wrote about that in the Star Tribune, uh, if you want to touch on briefly what's at stake with this current lawsuit. Well, you know, it's actually, uh, the lawsuit is actually amended from the previous one that was filed um, by
0: the same law firm and three of the same four plaintiffs, uh, all of whom are, are uh, under 18, so they can't be named, but um, they added a fourth plaintiff for this one and the previous one was saying that the high school league had um, not followed its own uh, stated bylaws when they moved football and volleyball to the spring and they were attempting to force them to, to uh, reconsider. Well, when the high school league did that, they took the same lawsuit and now they've amended it to say that the high school league is superseding its authority and not following the direct uh, guidelines put down by, Minnesota Department of Health in the restriction of the uh, spectators at games. Um, accordingly, no, I haven't seen this yet. According to the lawsuit, they say that the Department of Health has revised its consideration how many people can have had go to games or how many spectators you can be allowed to have. Again, like you said, it was 250 max at outdoor stadiums and zero at indoor venues. Um, according to the lawsuit, I haven't seen the uh, the revised guidelines that they speak of, um, they they contend that you can have up to 250 indoors if they're uh, separated by sections uh, and kind of by pods, I guess you'd say, and up to 1500 outdoors, again, separated out by as as few as 250 per section. That's what they're contending and that those are the guidelines the high school league is is stating that it's following, but that they're not following them directly. And uh, so they're, they've got a, a lawsuit. I don't know when that lawsuit will be heard. I know the high school league, as they did before, won't comment on it, but I know that their uh, legal counsel uh, in the I heard said they think that uh, the lawsuit is baseless. Um, again, that's uh, waiting to be found out who, how that's has It is interesting that if that's true, that the high school league is severely limiting um, Spectators, far more than the Department of Health guidelines would recommend. And there's uh, there is some uh, um, questions about why that would be, but again, that's that's way over my pay grade. I'm just telling you what it is.
1: Yeah, I, as I described, somebody, you know, what, do, what are you covering? I said it's been a it's been a constant cycle of meetings, decisions, lawsuits, meetings, decisions, mm-hmm. lawsuits. All <laughs> virtual. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, uh, you know, it's been good talking uh, upcoming sports again. again, And and, uh, like I said, no disrespect to the fall sports that we're able to start on time, but, but but volleyball and football, you know, they they move the needle a little bit more in in the fall and it's we're excited for the coaches, the players, whatever fans we are able to see. It's good for everybody. So, uh, do follow our coverage uh, at starchmute.com uh, mnfootballhub and mnvolleyballhub.com we're going to do our best to bring you everything that we can uh, despite some of the limitations that are out there and uh, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to catching up next week and, and comparing notes from that first night of football uh, in, a, in a coverage model the uh, circa 1993 so come back and, and join us and uh, I'm sure we'll have some Some laughs and some tears to share next week. Thanks a lot. Don't
0: expect any tweets. Put it that way.